All right, this is the Effective Mindset Podcast, episode 21. Check this out. I said certified free, seven days a week. Wet ass people make that pullout game weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have been with some wet ass people. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass people. Give me everything you've got for, for this, this wet, wet ass, ass P word. Beat it up and word, catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. Add to a hangle while well, it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet, come take a dive. It continued uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like a, a lot more. <sighs> All right, so that's uh, Ben Shapiro mocking Cardi B's new song, WAP. Wet ass pussy. Uh, Cardi B, shame on you. The song's fucking preposterous, all right? And this is coming from a guy who says fuck every other word. Um, and yeah, I'm a fucking obscene vulgar person. But this song is just beyond fucking preposterous. And as much as I don't necessarily agree with Ben's statement that a dry pussy is better than a wet pussy, I think what you wanted to say, Ben, is... Obviously, I don't know if that's what you wanted to say. How I interpreted it is that perhaps when a pussy is leaking 24-7, which is like, that's what Cardi B claims, like, my pussy's wet 24-7, you know? All right, well, that's a sign that something's clearly wrong. Because when you're DTF, when you're about to bang, when you uh, get horny, whatever, well, when the pussy gets wet in those circumstances, then I think that's that's just normal, all right? That's fine. That, mean, that means that everything's working fine. But if your pussy leaks all the fucking time, if it's always wet, well, then perhaps Ben's wife is right that maybe something's fucking wrong with you. So... Think about that. Go get that checked out, Cardi. Uh, because if your pussy is actually wet 24-7, if it's wet all the fucking time, then either you're one horny freak or something's fucking wrong with it. But other than that, I fucking love Ben Shapiro and I think, you know, this guy's usually on point. I think he just kind of missed that being specific about what he meant by a dripping wet pussy whatever. Uh. <laughs> right, moving on. What else do we get for the uh, lined up for the episode 21? We get Fargo. Good news, everybody. Uh, for all those who like quality entertainment rather than the fucking Geordie Shore and all of those nonsensical, stupid reality TV, fucking MTV bullshit shows. Actually, Fargo's coming, everybody. Fargo season four is supposed to come out on September 27th. Fargo, let me just tell you a few things about Fargo. Season one, Billy Bob Thornton, the legendary Billy Bob Thornton. Uh, Colin Hanks, uh, then in season two you had Kirsten Dunst, you had Patrick Wilson, uh, you, had, uh, you had Ted Danson in the season two of Fargo. Then the season three, Ewan McGregor, Carrie Coon, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Um, and now Chris Rock is supposed to lead 
the season four, as in like, you know, the leading role is supposed to star in season four, whatever. So I really look forward to it. Um, I fucking love Chris Rock and I love Coen Brothers, um, who are the EPs on the show. Um, the, the show is fucking brilliant. All right. It's brilliant. The movie was great with great Steve Buscemi, but the fucking TV series, that's next level shit. All right. And I'm pretty sure that if they invited Steve to, to do some cameo or whatever, uh, then, then, then what if he doesn't say no, he would probably escalate it to a whole other level because he's a fucking brilliant actor. Remember Boardwalk Empire? No? Uh, go and binge watch that shit, motherfucker. Uh, what else? What else? So Fargo coming September 27th, so uh, coming up pretty soon. Uh, I also wanted to speak about the app speak, which is that thing that, you know, more and more people seem to do. So it looks like if they are asking you a question, when they are actually uh, just saying something, and, and they're making a statement, but it all sounds like if they were asking you something. And, and the amount of times that I actually pointed that out to somebody and I'm like, are you actually asking me something or are you saying something to me? And now I'm actually, I'm, I'm not asking. I just said it. You know, I, I, I don't know what you mean. Well, I don't know what the fuck you mean either. If you cannot tone your voice properly, this isn't how you formulate a sentence, okay? If you're about to say something, okay, so it's like, let's, let's just check out the, uh, the, the little disclaimer on a pre-workout packet that I got. It says, store in a cool, dry place out of reach from children. But you might as well say it. Store in a cool, dry place out of reach from children. Products should be used in conjunction with a balanced diet and training program. If pregnant, breastfeeding or on medication, please consult a doctor before use. Discontinue use and seek medical advice if adverse reactions occur. Do not exceed suggested dose. Note, we advise that all servings are measured using an accurate set of scales. Etc, etc, etc. Bitch, can you articulate yourself properly? Then stop asking a fucking question with every single sentence, every single word that comes out of your stupid fucking mouth. Right, moving forward, uh, because this is going to be a bit of a fast-paced episode. I don't have a lot of time. I just popped some of that pre-workout and it starts buzzing. So... um We've already talked about Fargo season four. We've already talked about wet ass pussy. We've already talked about the app speak. App speak is fucking ridiculous. Um, it's all that, you know, novelty, um, snowflake sort of language. Um, what else? I got a lot of more things to, a lot more things that I want to talk about. Um, let's talk about the moon. Or actually, I got a better idea. I'm going to bang out a workout real quick. And I'm going to be back in about an hour and a half. Because uh, you really got to put this thing to use. Uh, and then we're going to get back right to it. So. Right. And I'm back. So. Um, here's a little uh, bit of a mind fuck for you. Um, I've actually. After I've done the workout. I've actually had some things to do. Some shit came up. 
and um, day later um, I started recording the episode 22. So actually this is two days after I initially started recording the podcast, uh, actually three days after. Um, and so yeah, I paused it at 7.47, as in like 7 minutes 47 seconds Um after which I've uh, recorded another episode on the following day, and then I've decided, you know what, I'm going to get back. And actually, I'm glad that I did, because some really dark shit came up over the past few days. Um, you know, I, I watched a documentary, Meet, uh, Meet Bill Gates. Meet Bill Gates is a documentary made by James Corbett, um, who's a great investigative journalist, um, independent, he actually is independent, this guy is in mainstream media, don't get confused with Colbert, he's a liberal fuck, <laughs> just kidding, I love, you know, I love Colbert, Steve Colbert, um, but James Corbett, that's a different story, all right, and let me just shed some light on the Meet Bill Gates documentary, all right, it's, um, it's over two hours long, there's four parts of it, um, and I highly recommend you go to wherever you gotta go to, band video, bit shoot, whatever, and you look that shit up, meet Bill Gates, Jesus fuck, why do I have a fucking hard time saying that, <clears throat> anyways, here it is, here's, a, here's part of it, listen up, we cannot expect an answer about Bill Gates' true motives to come from Gates himself. By this point, the question of Bill Gates' intentions has been buried under the combined weight of hundreds of millions of dollars of paid PR spin. Mm -hmm. Like the Rockefellers before them, the Gates have long since learned the secret of enlarging their family fortune, not to mention their control over the human population, by donning the mask of philanthropy. There are many perspectives on Bill Gates. Depending on who you ask, he is a computer savant, a genius businessman, or a saintly philanthropist. Yeah, he's a fucking saintly philanthropist who uh, invested somewhere around $10 billion through Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation over the past decade, uh, only to make a return on the investment of 20 to 1, according to Bill Gates himself. So, is he really a philanthropist? You know, is he really this selfless, wonderful billionaire who who wants to help the greater cause and, you know, revolutionize the world by providing this magnificent vaccine? Or maybe is he just a really, really good businessman who just wants to print more money for him and his fucking whatever, you know, co-conspirators, whatever. And conspiracy theories, this is a little disclaimer for you. I do not necessarily believe in all the conspiracy theories regarding Bill Gates. But when it comes to vaccine, his little vaccine venture that's been taking, what, two decades now? Let's just put it this way. If you don't know what it's all about, I think... It's about the money. Um, but let's see what else James Corbett has to say about this. But all of these perspectives have been brought to you through PR outlets founded or funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. 
Bill Gates is no longer a subject for historians, but hagiographers. Now we must confront the question of why this man is motivated to build such a web of control. Control over our public health agencies. And for all 193 member states, you must make vaccines a high priority in your health systems to ensure that all your children have access to existing vaccines now and to the new vaccines that have recently become available. Well, yes, of course, because how could you possibly stop at just one vaccine, which turns out to be such a magnificent investment, if you can just throw four different kinds of people, right? You can make quadruple the fucking profit of 20 to 1. So, instead of... Okay, let's just put it this way. So, altogether, we've invested, what, $10 billion? Why not just quadruple the fucking profit. Let's just introduce four different products and um, and we'll make money on all four of them because like it or not, people will need it. We will create demand for the vaccine, which we will then supply moving forward. Control over our identities. And the lack of an ID system is a problem, not just for the payment system, but also for voting and health and education and taxation. And so it's a wonderful mm -hmm. thing to go in and create a broad identification system. Yeah, what a fucking wonderful thing to uh, go ahead and introduce. In other words, not only does Bill Gates want to vaccinate you, uh, as in like the entire planet, obviously, also it would be a good idea to ID every single human being on the fucking planet so that not only they know who's been vaccinated, but they also know who hasn't. Therefore, they create this sort of segregation. As in, you are allowed to the offices, you are allowed to the grocery stores, you are allowed to the doctor's office, whatever you gotta do, as long as you've been vaccinated. Because if you haven't, well, then you're a fucking scoundrel and you don't deserve anything. You're not entitled to anything. You can order yourself a fucking Starship or some other robot delivery. Maybe Uber Eats can drop some fucking groceries at your door. You know, some of the supermarkets do home delivery too. That is, if you're fortunate enough to, to book a delivery uh, within the next two weeks, looking at how all the fucking slots are booked. Uh, again, the demand has exceeded the supply. Um, so, yeah, it ain't all that fucking cool and great when you really think about it. What Bill Gates wants to do. Okay, so we get the vaccines. We get the identification system, whatever that's going to be, whether that's going to be a microchip, whether it's going to be a quantum tattoo, whether it's going to be whatever the fuck else. Uh, what else have we got there? Control over our transactions. Once financial flows go underground, uh, where you have lots of legitimate transactions mixed in with the ones you want to track, and once they're going over a digital system that the U.S. has no connection to, it's far more difficult uh, to find the transactions that, that you want to be aware of or that you want to block. Yeah, so in other words, it is about control, okay? If 
let's just sum it up quickly. Vaccines, ID, digital currency, slash ability to track transactions. When you take the cash out of the ATM and you go to a store or anywhere else, you can pay with that cash and nobody will be able to trace where's that money gone. Well, you know, virtually, in some cases, it's impossible to, to track that. That is not the case when it comes to digital transactions. You know, when it comes to digital transactions, you can you can never pretty much get rid of the of a of a trace entirely. Therefore, it would be extremely convenient to know who's been vaccinated, where does your money go, and and yeah, and 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 the ID and the vaccines and a cashless society all provide that solution, which Bill Gates is striving so hard to to get to. Uh, moving forward with the James Corbett and his Corbett report. And even control over our bodies. But we're going to have this intermediate period of opening up, uh, and it won't be normal until we get a an amazing vaccine uh, to the entire world. Right. So that's Bill Gates for you. Um, if you really are so fucking delusional, so stupid that you would believe that Bill Gates has your best interest at heart, well, then you need to think again because end of the day, this guy. All he's about is fucking profit, okay? All he's about is profit. He's not about making the world a better place. He's not about saving humans. He's not about healing the population. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't want more people. He has his shareholders, his whatever people invested in his ventures. He has their best interests at heart. He has an opportunity to make at least 20 to 1 return on the investment. So what the fuck are you talking about when you're talking about the great cause? That's the whole great fucking cause, right? That's all there is to it. 10 years ago, Bill Gates came up with um, this plan, right? Well, let's say he introduced it 9 or 10 years ago. Uh, he introduced this plan that he was going to invest heavily in vaccines. Um, over the next decade, within those past 10 years, he gave an interview where he admitted that the return on the investment was about 20 to 1. Which, in other words, means that for the $10 billion that he invested, he could make as much as $200 billion. <laughs> in other words, if you don't know what it's all about, like I said before, it's most likely about the fucking money. And speaking of Bill Gates, he does not give a fuck about how many people will die, okay? If anything, then well, from what I can understand, from what he said during his TED talk, during many interviews, on various different occasions, he said that the population control is an issue, that the population growth is an issue, that we're gonna, we're getting overpopulated and that there are too many people. He then tried to defend that, uh, that, you know, like, 
oh, that's obviously not what I meant. Like, I didn't mean, like, you know, like, there's, let's just get rid of people. What I meant is, you know, let's just get people vaccinated so that when people are healthier, they will automatically want to have less children. Because in those, you know, poorest countries in the world, in those poorest areas, uh, parts of the world, um, people make as many babies as possible because, you know, they have as many kids as possible because of the high mortality rate when it comes to children, when it comes to teenagers, etc. So in other words, um, not everyone gets to make it to the adulthood, right? To the adulthood. So therefore, Bill Gates' idea is that if you were, if you had healthier communities, healthy population, then people automatically wouldn't want to have as many kids, as many children. So in theory, that might be the case because I know some affluent people and none of them have more than two kids. That actually might be the case that, that usually in, you know, in a house, in a family where everybody is doing well, everybody's healthy, it's a bit of a different story. But I think it's more about preparing people for the better life rather than giving them a fucking vaccine, which could have, you know, 1,000 different potential side effects. You know, a thousand potential things could go wrong. I don't think that's the best solution. I don't think that is the best Bill Gates could do, especially when you really think about the amount of conflicts of interests. He could really probably do some good investments, make some giant amounts of money different ways than you know by having to invest in a vaccine but obviously like we previously said if not him then someone else is going to do it and that's the fucking problem okay um but you know there are always conflicts of interest when it comes to bill gates's ventures so that should make you think for a second but hey you know you think whatever you want um at the end of the day i'm not sure if his opinions or statements are genuine that's my point i'm not sure that the persona that he's portraying is genuine you know uh, i do think that he has an agenda which he's thoroughly pursuing and i really doubt that under any circumstances other than going to jail or dying that he's gonna stop because he is way too heavily invested in it and he's well he doesn't seem to have interest in backing off why would he if not him, then someone else is going to do it. Uh, that's the fucking sad reality of it. That the pharmaceutical industry, we're talking about like big pharma, is so heavily invested in vaccine development and vaccine market that they are so heavily invested in this whole enterprise that end of the day, regardless of whether it's going to be Bill Gates, whether it's going to be anybody else, they're just not going to stop. There's just way too much fucking money to be made. Therefore, people might say, you know, Bill Gates is the necessary evil or whatever. If not him, then anybody else, you know, someone else is going to take over and someone else is going to make all that giant amount of money. And that is one way to look at it. Another way to look at it is just to say, no, I am not going to take your fucking vaccine. Okay, I'm not going to let you put that shit inside my body. You know, especially when, uh, when I don't know what the fuck it's going to do. People admittedly say on mainstream media, people, well, maybe they are people, but they're definitely not reporters over there. Definitely not honest. They're definitely not genuine, which means they're not reporters. 
they're paid actors who read scripted bullshit on CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, New York Times, on all the leftist or left-leaning media outlets, newspapers, whatever the fuck you want to uh, call it. They're everywhere, all right? Actors are everywhere. They all officially said that this is going to be an experimental vaccine, that there's going to, that there's, you know, so many potential health benefits, etc. How come is nobody talking about the side effects? How come is nobody talking about Bill Gates' failed attempts at vaccinating? Okay, well, you know, lots of people in India and Africa, well, well, well actually rephrase that, uh, let's correct that. Maybe the attempts themselves weren't so far such failures because end of the day, he seems to have vaccinated thousands and thousands of people so far in all those, you know, developing countries, whatever. I don't want to say how many, but you know, he's got his hands deep in that shit. And at the end of the day, too many people have died. Too many people have, too many people got paralyzed. Too many people ended up with autism, all sorts of horrible, horrible conditions. How many of them do you think got reimbursed? Huh? How many of them do you think got a fair compensation for the losses that they might have incurred? For the harm that might have been inflicted upon them through those vaccines? For the side effects? How many of them do you think get a fair compensation for the horrible consequences of some side effects of those vaccines? Shit they have to live with for the rest of their lives. That is, if they even make it out of it alive. And as a result of being vaccinated by Bill Gates or the company that is invested in the vaccine, that he will push so hard to get everybody, you know, to get into everyone's bloodstream. No, I'm not saying that Bill Gates is, you know, some evil piece of shit who uh, came up with all this on his own. I don't think that's the case. I think he just saw a potential to generate a tremendous amount of money. And so he just fucking went along with it. You know, it's not like he's lost his life savings on it. it, it it's not like he risked his life savings. Uh, it was more like, imagine they have $100,000 in the bank and you see an opportunity to make 200000 So within a course of a few years. So you have an opportunity to make 200000 and it's only going to cost you $10,000, okay? So in other words, you're going to make a return on the investment of 20 to 1. So you have 100000 in your bank account. You invest 10 out of those 100000 and soon you will have 200000 on top of the 90 that you just got left in your bank account after making that $10,000 investment. So all of a sudden you end up with 190,000 more than you've had. You've made 20 times what you've invested. So imagine that times million. Because we're talking about $200 billion with a B for fucking big money, all right? Okay, so far as I know, that's the league in which Bill Gates plays. So that's Bill Gates' philanthropy for you. Okay? Bill Gates is not your fucking friend. Bill Gates is nobody's friend. Okay? Bill Gates worries about population control. And we're not just talking about the reproduction. We're not just talking about the fact that people have been making more babies than ever and not enough people have been dying. According to Bill Gates... Uh, and, well, it is actually 
I think, a scientific fact. And the science behind it is the fact that there is more and more and more people on the planet. So we're not just talking about all this evil shit, okay? We're also talking about controlling what goes in your body. As in, like, you know, him injecting you with some shit. So that might have great results. You know, that might bring you fantastic results. That might have spectacular outcome. Just as much as it could have horrific, devastating consequences. Horrific health consequences, which aren't addressed by Bill Gates. Because he said, well, you know, there is always some risk. But all in all, it's really worth it. <laughs> but all in all, it's obviously fucking worth it, you fucking piece of shit. When you're going to make 20 times the gigantic amount of money that you've invested, we're talking about the GDP of a small fucking country that he made out of these fucking vaccines. So stop telling me about philanthropy. Stop telling me all this bullshit about how he's doing it for a great cause because he's such a loving, caring guy wearing a sweater. <laughs> it's a fucking marketing tactic. It's just a way to fool you around. It's a way to make you f believe that this, uh, this fucking PR product, okay, these fucking sweaters, his whole fucking persona, his whole, you know, the image that is being portrayed in the media, you get to see all that. Just like James Corbett pointed out, all that is a product of an unimaginable amount of money invested in his marketing, campaigning, in whatever you want to call it, him trying to look like a good guy. Okay. There is a lot of people who get paid a lot of fucking money to make Bill Gates look good. Look like a fucking superhero, whatever. A lot of people get paid a lot of money for that. And Bill Gates understands very well that it's wise to invest in public's perception of you. Right? So um, th that's what I think about it. I don't think that it's all for a great cause. I actually think if you really don't know what it's all about, then most of the time it is about money. And in this particular case, it's very hard to justify any other good reason for Bill Gates to do what he's doing other than to make a tremendous amount of money from supplying to a demand that has been heavily stimulated by the outbreak of a virus that he predicted was going to happen five months prior to when it happened. Event 201, remember? So it's all way too much of a coincidence to just let it go and just not even try and mention it on mainstream media. It's way too much of a coincidence to just ignore it so fucking blatantly. You cannot do that just because he's Bill Gates. You cannot do that just because he's worth so much fucking money that he probably bought out half of you, if not all of you. If you actually consider yourselves journalists, if you actually consider yourselves legitimate reporters, legitimate media, then you need to look at a bigger picture, at the fucking damage, the unimaginable damage that you are all creating. You need to look at the bigger picture, look at the long-term consequences of your actions, of your deception, of your fucking hypocrisy. You must take that into account because one day you might just end up getting held accountable for all that. Because someone will pay the price eventually. This shit will eventually fall apart. There is only so much deception you can feed people until they fucking lose it.
Well, obviously, there is another side of the story, uh, which is what Bill Gates hopes for. Um, because there is also, you know, the possibility that one day people will just literally give in. That people will give up on the fight. That people will not be too convinced that there is any possibility other than to just give in and do as they say, as, you know, the authorities say. So think for a second. Think who are those fucking authorities? Because that's a really good question. Anyway, here's a little bit more of James Corbett on Meet Bill Gates. Here we go. We must confront the possibility that this quest for control comes not from a selfless spirit of generosity that never seemed to exist before he became a multi-billionaire, but from the same drive for money, the same desire for domination, and the same sense of superiority that motivated him on his way up the corporate ladder. But if the answer to the question, who is Bill Gates, is Bill Gates is a eugenicist, that tells us some important things about the world that we are living in. It tells us that Gates is deceiving the public into supporting his takeover of the world with a false front of philanthropy. It tells us that the goal of the Gates, like the goal of the Rockefellers before them, is not to improve the world for humankind, but to improve the world for their kind. And most importantly, it tells us that Bill Gates is no comic book supervillain, single-handedly directing all of the chaos that is unfolding in the world or single-handedly bringing his own order to that chaos. No, if Bill Gates is a eugenicist, driven by a belief in the superiority of himself and his fellow wealthy elitists, mm -hmm. then what we are facing is not one man, or even one family, but an ideology. This is not a trivial point. One man, whatever his wealth, can be stopped easily enough. But even if Bill Gates were to be thrown in jail tomorrow, the agenda that has already been set in motion would continue without missing a beat. See, this is exactly what I've been talking about for fucking months, okay? Since the outbreak started, since, you know, uh, began, whatever. Since um, Bill Gates started bragging everywhere that, oh, you know, I've invested so much money in vaccines. Now the vaccines are going to be fucking necessary because there's just way too much money involved, right? So we're going to have to vaccinate the whole planet, okay? Ever since. I've been saying the same thing, okay? So they might whack him tomorrow. They might put him in a fucking jail cell tomorrow. It's not gonna change anything. The machine's already running. It's way too much of too big of an operation for this whole fucking thing to just stop right now. And that's, you know, that's fucking terrifying when you really think about it. Because when you really think about it, those people are not going to stop. Those people want you to pay them for the fucking vaccine, okay? If it's not going to be you paying out of your own fucking pocket, then the government's going to pay out of your fucking pocket in their own way. Uh, out of fucking tax money, whatever you want to call it. They will figure it out. They will figure it out so that you and I, all of us citizens, end up paying. That's the fucking problem. Bill Gates is not going to pay. Bill Gates isn't even going to get that fucking vaccine. I can guarantee you that. He's not going to have that vaccine in his body. And none of his co-conspirators are going to in inject themselves. Because they all know what this shit is about. The shit's about not the COVID-19. Not about fucking making people healthier. But actually about something a little bit more ulterior. And something a little bit more dark. That's 
That's, you know, that's what I think is on their agenda. But hey, I'm just speculating. What the fuck do I know, right? What the fuck do I know about the big pharma trying to push pharmaceutical shit into people, killing them on a daily fucking basis? What do I know uh, about the fact that nobody, no industry spends more on lobbying than big pharma, okay? Here I've got a little article for you on opensecrets.org titled Big Pharma Continues to Top Lobbying Spending. It's by Carl Evers Hillstrom and it's from October 25th, 2019. And it goes, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Representatives Richard Neal and Frank Pallone reveal House Democrats' bill to reduce drug costs on October 16th. The bill is fiercely opposed by the pharmaceutical industry. The pharmaceutical industry is holding on to its title as the top lobbying force in Washington amid pressure from lawmakers at all ends of the ideological spectrum. Drug makers have spent more than $129 million through September, slightly down from nearly $133 million at this time last year, but still far more than any other industry. All right, let's just let that sink in for a minute, okay? $129 million those motherfuckers spent in September last year. We're talking September alone. Pharmaceutical industry has spent $129 million on lobbying costs. Whatever the fuck that is. You know, obviously, it's <laughs> that's a rabbit hole, okay? The whole lobbying sector, the whole lobbying industry, especially in Washington, D.C., uh, that's, that's, that's just a dodgy fucking stuff. But back to the article. The larger pharmaceutical slash health products industry, which includes medical devices and dietary supplement companies along with drug makers, spent $228 million through the third quarter of 2019, a record-breaking pace that is up $10 million from this time last year. So in other words, we're talking about a lot of money. Okay, here's another article. Um, this one's on Daily Mail. So, up to you whether or not you're going to take it seriously. Still worth a read. Um, this one's from August 12th, 2020. And it says, Big Pharma spent nearly $250 million to sway lawmakers amid the pandemic. Firms making coronavirus drugs and vaccines like Biogen and Novartis accounted for 25% of all lobbying spending in the first quarter of 2020. This is an article by Mary Kekatos, senior health reporter for Daily Mail. Um, Kekatos, I hope I got the name right. Um, and it says, Researchers found that companies making drugs and vaccines for COVID-19, the disease caused by the virus, accounted for one-fourth of all lobbying funds in the first quarter of 2020. What's more, the increase in medical lobbying spending was 10 times greater than the increase by non-health sector lobbyists. This was especially apparent in the pharmaceutical industry, with some companies growing their lobbying spending by as much as 350%, according to the team from Bryan Young University in Provo, Utah. 
So far, Congress has authorized about $3 trillion in spending to help address the economic crisis caused by COVID-19. With more funds expected, pending Democrat and Republican negotiations, this has led to a surge in health sector lobbying activity, especially within the pharmaceutical industry. This is like sharks to blood, or bees to honey, if you prefer a milder metaphor said co-author Dr. Bill Taylor, an accounting professor at the BYU, Marriott School of Business. Congress has given out a lot of money, so the lobbyists are swarming. Lobbying activity levels are typically fairly stable, so when you see jumps like this, it's a big deal. For the study, published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine, The team looked at lobbying expenditures in the fourth quarter of 2019 and the first quarter of 2020. Results showed that lobbying spending hit fuck, it's such a big number, it's even hard to pronounce, $248.4 million between January 1st and March 31st. And 357 new lobbyist registrations were filed during this period. This means health sector lobbying spending spiked by more than 10% in the first quarter, while non-health sector spending rose by only 1%. The number of new lobbyists registered in the health sector grew by an astonishing 140%, but those in the non-health sector rose increased by just 63%. Okay, so that's some dark shit right there. Um, One more thing. Actually, hold on, I almost missed out. Additionally, researchers found the biggest increases came from the pharmaceutical industry, making up 16 of the top 30 healthcare organizations in lobbyist spending. Illinois-based AbbVie Incorporated spending soared by 155% whole Novartis International, uh, that was supposed to be wow. Wow. Novartis International AG, based in Switzerland, increased its lobbyist spending by 259% this year over last year. Biogen Incorporated, headquartered in Cambridge, Massachusetts, increased its lobbying spending by 344%. Novartis and AbbVie, uh, AbbVie, whatever the fuck are both currently running clinical trials in an attempt to identify therapeutics to treat symptoms of coronavirus. Meanwhile, Biogen has teamed up with pharmaceutical company Fair to help develop and manufacture monoclonal antibodies as a potential COVID-19 treatment. So all in all, all that shit sounds complicated on purpose it's purposely put together in a way that would baffle the fucking shit out of you so that you could never ever understand what they could possibly be talking about so that you don't get a clue what the fuck they're talking about so that they can do whatever the fuck they want and there's very few people questioning what they do because after all who the fuck are you to say anything you don't know anything You know, people go to fucking doctor school for that. People are fucking to to the fucking university. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Joey Diaz. Um, You know, the more confusing, the more convoluted, the more fucking complicated all that shit is, 
the better for big pharma because they can that way get away with more shit and uh and that's what they've been doing forever you know uh ever since rockefeller uh has figured out that hey you can make a ton of fucking money out of this whole pharmaceutical business so let's get into it but hey enough with the fucking big pharma enough with all that dodgy stuff enough with the fucking conspiracy theories enough with all that darkness okay let's leave that for now um and let's talk about something a bit more pleasant such as edibles okay so recently i have discovered really good edibles that for a change because i've mentioned that back in a day you know on, on one of the early episodes of the podcast that edibles always used to fuck me up okay like those handmade edibles you know sometimes people do experiment they make like i don't know their own cookies brownies whatever they put hash in there they put fucking weed in there they they don't exactly know necessarily what they're doing and a result can be pretty bad okay for someone who doesn't eat those things on a daily basis all right so in my case the last time i had a pot brownie it fucked me up it fucked me up so bad i couldn't fucking walk uh i had to sit down it was just horrible i don't i don't want to walk you through the fucking details because they were very horrifying uh extremely unpleasant experience cut the long story short okay uh i spent hours on a fucking toilet uh i've spent hours more uh laying around in pain okay i was high as fuck but the slightest move i'd make i would just be in pain my stomach would hurt whatever something inside me would hurt and that's why i said you know what fuck edibles i'm not doing that shit anymore fuck it you know especially homemade edibles from people who don't know what the fuck they're doing fuck that okay and then recently <laughs> my guy texted me that he's got some uh what's that shit called <sighs> medicated nerds okay seriously strawberry rope and it says THC infused gummy rope covered with seriously strawberry nerds okay and these fucking gummy ropes okay handmade um because it's supposed to on, on the packet says uh, that it's supposed to uh weigh 26 grams okay i've weighed them both one of those ropes was 33 the other one was 23 grams so uh, and i got two of them so uh they are handmade uh, that's one good thing, I guess, when it comes to edibles. But on the other hand, the first one got me a lot higher than the second one. Not only because of its size alone, but also because it must have been... Must have had a little bit more THC infused in it. You know, uh, but end of the day, these edibles, and this is the whole point of the story, are the first edibles that I've had in a very long time that did not fuck me up physically like i felt great which is the whole purpose of eating edibles i guess so it fucks you up only mind wise it doesn't fuck you up physically um so it gets you high and and it's a totally different kind of high uh read about it do your own research you know i'm no i'm no scientist so i'm not gonna walk you through it all i can tell you is there is another component that is released uh, once you consume 
cannabis rather than when you smoke it um, and that component does not appear does not occur when you when you when you just have a smoke or when you vape or whatever fuck i just said that okay <laughs> but anyway yeah so so yeah it was a great experience i think i'm gonna get some more of those edibles um i still like a good old joint you know I, i've officially quit smoking a while ago um a few months ago and uh as much as it's been great you know I feel a lot better physically. I can feel that my lungs are a lot cleaner. Um, I get a better cardio and all, you know, end of the day, I still like to have a joint every now and then. Like for example, today, right now, I'm gonna smoke one up. Why the fuck not? You know, I, I haven't had much weed lately. Um, not only I've managed to cut down, most importantly, for the most part, now I vape. Okay, so 90% of my cannabis consumption right now is through the vaporizer, which is probably the healthiest way to consume cannabis. Uh, well, the healthiest I know, at the very least. And, uh, you know, still every now and then I like to have a joint. It's a different kind of high. Vaporizer, I did say that before. And now that I've built up tolerance to it, it's maybe just a little bit less of the case, but it's still absolutely accurate. Vaporizer gives you this sort of panoramic high. It's a different kind of high, okay? If you vape, let's say the same amount of weed that you would put in a joint, so you might, I don't know, stuff uh, the vaporizer up two or three times for that, right? Depending on obviously the size of it you will get significantly higher. It is a lot more potent. And that is because it extracts all of the THC from, from the bud, or let's say the, the vast majority of it, compared to uh, what you would get out of a joint, which in process of burning does waste quite a lot of it, sadly. But end of the day, you know, I still like my joint. Every now and then I, I, just, I just love it, you know? And uh, just like now, I don't see why the fuck not. Just gonna have a few hits. Because <coughs> it helps with the creative process, you know. I might be almost done with this episode, um, but I've got a lot more coming up. I think I'm gonna work on one more today uh, because, well, it just needs to be done. It's been a bit too long since the last time I've done it. Um, so, on the episode 21, we've already talked about the wet-ass pussy, we've talked about Fargo season 4, um, what else? Meet Bill Gates, fuck that guy, but thank you James Corbett for your hard work on the subject, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, big Pharma lobbying, you know, obviously nothing new, these guys have too much money and they know very well how to spend it. What else? What else have we talked about today? We've talked about the edibles. We've talked about smoking, vaping, all that shit. Uh, yeah. So, I've, you know, what else I wanted to talk about? Gun laws, okay? Because that's a very hot topic these days. Um, obviously, you know, US is the US. They've got their own laws. They've got their second amendment. Thank God. Uh, well, that's obviously a subjective matter, whether or not you do believe in God, but thankfully they have that. Unfortunately, 
that is not so obvious in other parts of the world. Most of the world do not allow um, concealed carry permit or anything like that. You know, it, it just doesn't exist. So obviously it's a very hot topic, okay? And opinions are obviously very divided on it. Um, but when it comes to the reality if nobody has a gun, okay, and the shit goes south, then no one can stop mass shooter or any fucking other terrorist or whatever, any any other fucking thug who obtained the gun illegally, which still can happen, you know? How come are narcotics illegal in the UK, yet it's literally fucking flooded with all sorts of illegal drugs that you can buy? Uh, almost on any fucking corner of any fucking street of any fucking town. So I'm not sure if prohibiting access to a weapon that could be obtained legally with a license, uh, once you get your concealed carry permit, whatever, um, you know, once you've proven that you're a trustworthy citizen, that you know how to operate the thing, that you practice and you try fire it and you, uh, I don't know, pass some tests, whatever, some rigorous tests. I'm not sure if prohibiting access to that kind of a person um, to, to, to get a gun is a good solution, considering that there are still other means to get it and criminals would sometimes obtain it through those other means, not necessarily through the legitimate process. So all it does really is just prevent the public from being able to defend themselves in case the shit goes south. That's at least the way I see it. You know, call me on my bullshit, whatever. Uh, my opinion is it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in war. Okay, it's an old proverb, Chinese proverb, whatever. Don't ask me who said that, because I don't have a fucking clue, but it's so true. It's so, so true. Would you rather be a gardener in war, or would you rather be a warrior in a garden and never have to fight? Okay, but should the shit hit the fan, you're the fucking warrior, so you know how to fight. See, I'd rather be the fucking warrior and never have to fight in my life than be a fucking gardener and not know how to fight and ever have to. So, that's just me, you know. Um, it's been 55 minutes almost, so I think it's about the right time to let you go and do your thing. I'm going to go and do my thing. Um, I think I've exhausted all the topics for now so i'm gonna get the fuck out of here um you get on with your day and and uh check out effective mindset because we've got some very interesting we i've got some very interesting episodes coming up um very very soon so check this out and uh yeah